It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. We gotta grind. We gotta. We, we, we gotta play tight. We gotta uh, be five guys close. There's, you know, I think it's it's everybody helping each other and. and uh, Taking away time and space, and I think, you know, when when there is a breakdown, somebody makes a big a big block, a big play. I think that's just gotta get back. All right, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? The San Jose Sharks uh, once again with a bad start, leaving us with a bad taste in our mouths, and not putting us in a great position to really be thinking about the postseason right now. And I think that as all the players, all the front office, all the media members, and all the fans wondering what's going to happen as we do head towards the trade deadline, as we make comparisons to last year, as we as we look at everything that's going on with the Sharks right now. I mean, let's, let's be blunt. I mean, I don't think it's even appropriate to look at the divisional standings right now. We just have to look at the wild card. The Sharks now going six straight without a win, two, five, and three in their last ten. 22 wins, 22 losses, 5 overtime losses, 49 points on the year, 10 points back of the final wild card in the West. That's essentially where it is right now. And if you want to look at what the Sharks are this year, they are the same at home as they are on the road, albeit one different result in terms of overtime losses. 11, 11, and 3 at home. 11, 11, and 2 on the road. The Sharks are a 500 team, and if you look at it in terms of just straight wins and losses and take away the overtime losses, then now they are five games under 500. Granted, those are five games in which they've been able to garner points, uh, but it is a distinct reality for the San Jose Sharks right now that things are not trending in the right direction, and they need to change things fast or else their chances of making the postseason are going to disappear quite quickly. I 100% believe that this team has the ability to turn it around. They are a hot streak away from being, you know, one of the teams that is uh, going to be in in the race. And I think that right now, other teams like Calgary, they've been red hot. Um, you've seen Edmonton continue to turn things around with the changes they have made. Uh, but that being said, you know, the Sharks have not been a team that's been able to get a streak going all year long. Their greatest win streak is the four-game win streak that they started the season with. Other than that, it's mostly been wins followed by losses, followed by a couple of wins, followed by a couple of losses, and it's been back and forth in that vein. As of late, they've obviously been deflated by the loss of Eric Carlson. I Again, this is something I talk about uh, a lot. I know that Eric Carlson is a polarizing member of the San Jose Sharks. People look at that contract. 
People look at some of the injuries that he's sustained. People look at, you know, where he is now currently versus what he was, you know, a half decade ago when he was almost single-handedly leading his team uh, in the Senators to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I understand that might not be the same Eric Carlson that's on the ice now, but Eric Carlson this year until he got hurt was one of the best five to ten defensemen on the, on the ice in the NHL. And that was without question. That was borne out statistically whether or not you wanted to acknowledge it. Now, whether or not you felt that made him worth his contract, that's another discussion. But he was helping the Sharks win. Since the San Jose Sharks have not had Eric Carlson on the ice, they have been an entirely different team. And if you didn't appreciate him before, appreciate how much worse they have been simply without him on the ice in three-on-three situations. Appreciate what he was able to do in terms of generating offense, in terms of putting pucks in the right places, in terms of setting up guys to score, because the importance of that on a team like the San Jose Sharks cannot be understated. You need all the talent you can get with the San Jose Sharks, and not having Eric Carlson out there right now is a substantial loss for the for the Sharks. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I know he's not their leading goal scorer. I know he was not their leading assist man. But the way that defenses had to respond to his game, the way that Eric Carlson would set up the Sharks' offense for success, it is extremely apparent how impactful he was now that he's not there on the ice. There is no doubt in my mind that there is a very strong correlation between his absence and the Sharks' poor performance as of late. It's not even just a correlation. I would say it's more accurately a cause and effect, if you really wanted my opinion on it. I know that, again, that's not going to sit well with all Sharks fans, and I don't really care, but this team is not the same without Eric Carlson, and there is absolutely no denying that at this point. The greatest change from what the Sharks were a couple of weeks ago and what they are right now is the lack of Eric Carlson. Because for the most part, you are still getting good performances from James Reimer, who, by the way, I think is getting a little bit tired. You know, we still don't have Aiden Hill back from the injury that he sustained. That's another issue that's going on with the Sharks. But I think for the most part, Hill is doing a good job in getting the Sharks a, uh, a chance to win. But without Eric Carlson, that's the main difference. The Sharks have been dealing with absences all year long. They've been without, you know, a, a Kevin LeBanc for quite some time now. They've had guys in and out of the lineup due to COVID, and they were able to mostly... Um, you know, persevere in spite of those absences because you had players like Timo Meyer doing incredible things, like Tomas Hurdle doing incredible things, and Eric Carlson helping set up the Sharks for success in any given game. And right now, without Eric Carlson to do that, um, you know, the results are, are quite obvious. And it becomes even more exacerbated a loss of a player like Carlson when you do see the Sharks' inability to finish. That has been a theme all year long, and it seems like it's just getting worse. I also think that it is getting worse because you don't have Eric Carlson out there who would set guys up and maybe put them in a good chance to finish. But right now, you see guys missing on breakaways. And yeah, with Logan Couture last night, I think we all thought there should have been a penalty on the breakaway he had. That's, you know, I, I have no control over that. But, you know, we consistently see guys miss the net. When you get very good opportunities. When you get really good looks and you see guys miss the net, you know, not put the puck on frame, it it's just a, it's a frustrating thing. And when you combine that with the fact that they're doing that and falling behind early in games, it is a recipe for disaster because not only are you creating opportunities and not capitalizing upon them, even when you do have a good, you know, five, 10 minutes of play where it feels like you're the better team where, where you're creating opportunities, that's suddenly met by a, a, a goal concession, and suddenly you're down one nothing. 
suddenly you're down 2 nothing. If you look at these past few games, the same story over and over again is that the Sharks are playing decently until they give up a goal that sometimes has been you know, against the grain of the game where the Sharks have been the better team, and then the, the win totally gets taken out of their sails. And it does feel like right now this team is mentally wrestling with the fact that they do not have enough to contend when they fall behind. And I and listen, I get it. There is a deflating aspect that happens in every single team when it feels like you need to play perfect and you're doing things right earlier in a game and things are trending in the right direction and then boom, you're, you're falling behind and you're simply without the ability to really to, to do anything right. I mean, that is something that I look at and see is happening with the San Jose Sharks right now. It feels like even when they're trying even when they're doing things properly, even when they're putting themselves in a good position, the wrong result is ending up. And I don't just mean at the end of the game, but it's like, you know, you, you put yourself in a position to score goals and suddenly the puck goes the opposite direction direction, and a puck knuckles on Reimer and they score. Or you get an errant deflection and they score. Or you just get some kind of a against the grain of the game play where the Sharks find themselves on the wrong end of it. And that that's extremely frustrating. I, I totally understand the frustration. I totally understand where things are in that capacity. I totally understand why the Sharks do have these frustrations right now. And it is very, very, you know, I don't even know if concerning is the right term because, listen, it's not leading up to wins. It's leading to losses and or overtime losses. But it's just, it, to me, it's very obvious the way this team gets deflated because it feels like they put in the hard work and it feels like they are on such thin ice, no pun intended, for every single game where they know they have to play perfect. And when they don't, they get something going against them. And then, you know, boom, there, there it is. They, they fall behind. And then they're climbing up a hill. They're playing uphill hockey. It's a lot of what we saw last year. The difference as, as we make the comparison from last year to this year is that last year, they weren't nearly as good of a team. I mean, let's let's simply be honest in that capacity. The Sharks last year oftentimes would go up by a goal and then they would give up three or four straight and they would have a good start and then just absolutely collapse. The second period in particular being a moment of push for the Sharks where they had no push. You know, we watch what they're doing right now and they are giving themselves a chance. They are putting themselves in good positions, but they're missing the net or they're suddenly giving up a goal that's again against the grain of what we've seen up to that point of the game and then they seem to deflate. And they are able to have pushes and get themselves back into it and have good runs of play, but then they're not hitting the back of the net. And these offensive issues combined with the fact that they're not catching any breaks, I think is just a lot for the team to handle right now. And I think that also, you know, the team is gripping a bit right now. I think there is a reality looming in the background for some of these players that there is a trade deadline that's on the horizon where they could be losing a, a player and or players. We don't know what the Sharks front office is going to do. I, I think there is the acknowledgement that, yet, yes, this team is significantly worse without Eric Carlson, that they were a better team before he left the lineup due to this injury, but also they were still a bubble playoff team at best at that point. You know, I don't know if this means that the Sharks were ever going to be working to acquire players, as I don't think that's maybe where they were you know, at the, at the point of their franchise, but I also don't know that they were maybe, you know, four weeks ago as realistically looking at moving players as they might be now. So, you know, I can't speak to what the front office is doing in terms of how they view this team, but I know that right now, the way the Sharks team is trending, they are certainly not putting themselves in a position to maybe even 
you know, think about getting a player to help improve their chances. And, you know, it, it doesn't get any easier. We, we looked at the Sharks' schedule. We know that they had the game against Edmonton, which was, a, you know, a winnable game in my opinion, but they came out and they just had a, a slow start and they found themselves, you know, down 2 nothing early and lost by a final of 3 nothing. Well, okay, you know, what are you going to do in your next game that's winnable against Vancouver? That was my next question, and they went out and lost 5-4 in overtime, and okay, they garnered a point, and then, you know, you needed a big response against Vegas. What happened in that game? They lost by a final of 4-1. to one. So they had three games at home, and they only got one point out of those three games. That's not going to be good enough. Now they've got a very stiff challenge ahead of them in Anaheim, a team they're eight points back of and chasing in the wild card and, I guess, the divisional standings. But that's going to be a tough game, and there's no doubt about it. And then right after that, they're back home. They're hosting the Islanders. That's a team that I feel the Sharks should beat, but there are no guarantees in that capacity. Then on the 26th, it's a tough challenge in Boston. And then the back-to-back game on Sunday the 27th, you're hosting the Kraken, a team the Sharks have yet to beat this year. You know, they've kind of had their numbers, so life isn't getting any easier, I guess, is one way of looking at this for the Sharks. They've put themselves in a tough position. They have not had a lot of breaks as of yet late. They are gripping. I think they are definitely falling into some of those hero hockey traps a little bit, and we'll get to Bob Bugner's reaction to that because I think there's a reason why you see a Meyer or a Hurdle play that hero hockey because they've been the, you know, the genesis of so much offense this year, and I can't really blame them because in a lot of times you you do need a spark or you feel like somebody needs to do something to get things going and you know this is really tough for the Sharks right now because they've done so well up to this point to keep themselves in it but the last three games have really been the writing on the wall and it just I get frustrated because you know I joked last time about having the great strategy of not falling behind by multiple goals early you know that's that's a you know tongue-in-cheek comment because obviously it's you know people know I'm joking but it's like you see the same thing happening over and over that's not by accident that is due to the fact that the Sharks have a talent deficit with going up against the opposition and I think there is an incredible amount of pressure on the team right now that's not just generated from the fans and the media and things like that but I think everyone in that dressing room feels like they need to be the one to turn it around and they need to be doing more Logan Couture last night you know I think that you know, Logan Couture has a bit of a tell in that he'll use guys' first names when speaking to the media when they hit on something that he agrees with. And, you know, I think that he there were a couple times where he's done that as of late where he's addressed the reporter by name where he's kind of acknowledging that, yeah, you know, you're right. That's something that we need to do better. That's a reality right now. And I, maybe tell is the wrong word, but I think that you know, Logan will do that when he's leveling with you and he's not trying to give some sort of a, a team protective answer when he's just kind of acknowledging the truth. And I think that one of those responses that we've seen from Couture as of late is that he is, you know, he's he's acknowledging it. He, he sees the writing on the wall. He sees the way that things are trending. You know, Brent Burns last night, I think that, you know, most of the time, even when the Sharks have a tough loss, Brent Burns is almost... Um, KG, I guess, is the best way to describe his answers. But last night, he was, you know, more, I guess the best way to put it was on edge. And I, I don't think it was a, a bad thing, but you could just tell, like, Burns was not into what was happening with the team. You know, he was just, he was frustrated. He was definitely felt like he wanted to, 
you know, go punch a wall. And, you know, that's the last thing we need. That's, you know, something that players inadvertently, you know, hurt themselves doing when they get frustrated and literally punch a wall. But, I mean, you could see it. These guys are wearing it right now. And I think earlier moments of the of the season, you've seen more of a, of a pensive Sharks where they're having that quote-unquote come-to-Jesus moment. But last night, I mean, that was just a bad vibe. In, and I don't mean like negative, like these guys are done competing, but it was just like you could tell that Couture and Burns in particular were just, you know, they're, they're at a bit of a loss right now. And I think that they that, that happens when teams get to the point where they know exactly what the problem is, the slow starts, the lack of hitting the net, the inability to compete with teams on a talent-to-talent level, the lack of Eric Carlson being particularly impa- impactful. You know, I think there was just that the writing is on the wall. They're all aware of what is going on, and no one was really capable of coming up with the right performance or the right moment, and they're just they're wearing it. None of these guys like to lose. You know, I know that there are these comments where somebody says, oh, well, you know, you know, Cogliano, you know, hates to lose more than anybody or Logan Couture is more competitive. Like, no, they're, they're all like this. I, I understand that, you know, they all, they acknowledge guys and maybe some of them are more demonstrative about it, but professional athletes i have spent my entire life around professional athletes. My dad was dragging me to, you know, whether it was a, a Sharks morning skate or whether it was a 49ers practice or a Warriors practice or whatever, or post games, you know, when I started being like 10 and 11 years old for many different teams in, in professional sports, these guys all hate to lose. And they, more than anything else, hate to be embarrassed in particular. And I think that it's not about getting blown out on one particular game, but I think that these guys, they, they do get embarrassed by the losses. They do feel that pressure from the outside. And I think that the Sharks right now, they, there's probably a little bit of an embarrassment factor when you go six straight without a win and you're just losing in front of your home crowd. And they hate it. They hate it more than anything. And, you know, a lifetime of being around professional athletes has made, made me finally attuned to when guys are frustrated versus when the reality of a situation is hitting home a little bit more. And that's that's what I feel right now. Now, the reality of the situation with the Sharks right now is hitting home more than it did earlier in the season, and you can feel it. And I think that that's a tough place for all these guys to be right now because they feel it slipping away, and I think they feel powerless to do anything about it. And I think that when you get a Brent Burns and a Logan Couture, guys who are used to competing deep into the playoffs, guys who are used to being on teams where they could, to an extent, control their destiny and control the outcomes of the game by, you know, elevating their performance to be difference makers. It starts to be, you know, I, you get older, you're maybe not the same player that you were. And I I think that maybe be part of the equation, but I also think it's that these guys are more used to being on teams where they were better at putting themselves in a successful level. I, I think that's just part of it. And right now, you know, because the Sharks don't have the same talent-to-talent ratio of other teams, you know, they're not being put in the same position to succeed. And I think that's got to be as much of an ego blow as anything else. All these guys feel like in any given game, they can go out there and be the difference maker to win a game. It gets even more when you get into these guys who are star players in the NHL. When you talk about a Burns, when you talk about a Hurdle, when you talk about a Meyer, you know, these guys all feel that they should be the ones winning the game against the opposition. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I just do think that when you get in situations like this, when you can feel things slipping away, 
they wear it more and they start to show it a little bit more because they are used to being able to be a difference maker. And right now they most definitely do need someone to be a difference maker or else this is going to uh, slide out of control just like it did last year. You know, last year they were not having the same amount of points being generated in the midst of a winless streak. But, you know, right now, regardless of points that have been earned over the past, you know, stretch of games, it's six straight without a win. All right, we're going to get into the post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Well, it's absolutely, I mean, he's our... uh... Highest paid, best player. Um, it hurts a team like ours for sure. I think, um, you know, not just, uh, um, you know, him. And if you take a look at the, the whole season, I mean, we haven't had, you know, you miss Curly, but, uh, um, you know, looking at the whole season, I mean, we haven't had our, our, our one of our top four D and niche offs, so that hurts. I think, uh, you know, and then in the last uh, a little recently, you lose a guy like, uh, um, you know, you lose a guy like Magna, and he was playing well for us, too. So, yeah, there's some holes back there. I think that, uh, um, you know, we had some breakdowns defensively tonight. It's a, it's a good offensive team there, but, uh, um, you know, we only held, held them a couple chances against in the second period. It's just, it's, uh, you know, just another first period where we're chasing and we're down 2 nothing. There's, you know, a couple, I would say, soft kind of goals on us, and uh, um, we're, that's not a recipe for success for our team. That is San Jose Sharks head coach Bob Bugner bringing us back in here on a Monday morning talking about, yeah, the absence of Eric Carlson, the absences that the team has been dealing with over the course of the year, and then, you know, you you get in that frustrating recipe for a lack of success where you fall behind early right now. It's not not a good place for the Sharks to be, and that's why they continue uh, to lose right now. And then, you know, the fact that they are not burying their chances lead us to a lot of comparisons to last year's eight-game losing streak, which sort of sunk their chances at making the playoffs. Yeah, I think, you know, at this time of year, and, and you know, this is, the games get tougher to win in the second half, um, and, and teams are, you know, all fighting for their lives, and I think that uh, um, it's it's the little things. If you get a breakdown or, or you uh, early in the game and things like that, you got to stay in the game. And uh, so there's a little frustration. I think, um, you know, I think Carly being out obviously hurts us. You know, so there's things that I think that are uh, affecting that, but no, I, I, it's it's we got to fight through it. We got to play through. We got a game again in Anaheim in a couple days, and we got to find a way to try and get two points out of that and stay and fight. And I most definitely do expect them to keep fighting. However, it's just it's not getting any easier, and they're not making life any easier on themselves. And that, of course, has to do with the slow starts. In three straight games, they've fallen down two nothing. 2-0 and 3-0. So that is not the way to do it. Obviously, the game against Edmonton, they lost by a final of 3-0, uh, of but we're talking about the early deficits in the games, and that's just, it's not its not going to win you any games. And yes, comebacks do happen, obviously, but these slow starts are something the Sharks need to get over. Here's what Logan Couture had to offer on that. Um, well, we're, we're getting scored on first, and then they're getting the second one. I think that's 
that's the, the main thing, I think. When you give another team a two-goal lead early in games, this league, um, I know comebacks happen, but teams are, are very good at protecting the lead, especially, you know, a team like Vegas um, that's elite and uh, they know how to play defense. So tonight we, we were in too deep of a hole to really get out. And this is what Bugner had to say about a third consecutive game with a very slow start. Well, the, uh, I actually really liked our energy in the first sec, six, seven minutes of the game, and, and then they scored that one that wasn't really a scoring chance. And I think that deflated us a little bit. And then we just got, uh, um, you know, we got missed a man, missed an assignment on that four and four. Um, it was pretty apparent, and uh, um, you know, and it's two nothing. I think, it, you know, I thought we had good legs at the beginning of the game, and I thought that. Uh, um, you know, I like the way we were, uh, um, our physicality early, um, but just, you know, it seems like that first mistake or that first uh, chance, uh, it's in the back of your net and you're chasing. And I think that's not a good good thing for us. Now, of course, one issue that is, you know, staring the Sharks in the face right now is the trade deadline. And like I have said before, I have no idea what the Sharks front office is thinking, but Logan Couture was asked about, you know, the the looming trade deadline and what that potentially means about a Tomas Hurdle. I think I might opinion has been the same from the start as if I you know was making the calls I'd do whatever I could to keep this to keep Tommy on the team but I'm only paid to, to play hockey and not do the other stuff so that's a decision for the front office and um, yeah it's always a weird time approaching a trade deadline especially when you're you're on the outside looking in and you know things happen so um, you know for us our, we got to just focus on what we can control in that dressing room and show up to work tomorrow work hard and, and get on a plane and go to Anaheim. And Couture was also asked about the team's offensive struggles, in particular, not burying chances. It seems to be the uh, the story all, all season. Um, you know, we're, we're not finishing around the net on breakaways or open looks. And I don't know. Um, guys are trying to bear down. Everyone in there wants to score. It's not like you come to the rink and, and say, oh, I can't wait to get a chance tonight and then miss. You know, you're trying as hard as you can. And, it's deflating. Obviously, guys get frustrated and disappointed, and um, you know you go on. If guys go on long streaks without scoring, you try and keep them positive. And you know it's so easy to say, "Well, I'm getting chances. It's going to go in. It's going to go in." Until you actually see the puck go in the net, you know you don't feel that relief. And um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of guys in there that feel like there's you know the next 10, 20 pounds on, on their shoulders right now. The puck's not going in, but uh, you know to, to be to say a cliche, you know keep shooting. It's going to go. It's going to go. It's going to go at some point here. There's one interesting bit of language that Couture used there that I wanted to point out. You know, it's so easy to say, well, I'm getting chances. It's going to go in. It's going to go in until you actually see the puck go in the net. You know, you don't feel that relief. And You know, he doesn't say joy or excitement. He says relief. And I think that that is where the Sharks are right now. I think that, you know, goals are not bringing this team excitement. It's like he said, it's bringing them relief. And that is, to me, not a sign of a team that, you know, feels like they have the offensive ability because it almost feels like it's a miracle to score a goal right now. And listen, I don't think that there's anything wrong with Logan Couture saying this, and I'm not trying to, you know, take issue with his language. I'm just saying I think that's indicative of where the Sharks are right now. It's relieving to score a goal as opposed to a punctuation of what they have been able to do as a team. And it's all, it's not good, guys. I mean, this is this is a tough stretch of hockey. And listen, I do believe that the Sharks can turn this around. I do believe that they have the ability to put themselves back in a position where they can win games. I think that right now it's just been one thing after another. And I think that, you know, they, they did so well on that road trip to put themselves in a position to have success coming back to this homestand. 
Now to not find this success and see a formula for losses repeat time and time again by falling behind early and missing their chances, you do see the tension start to rise to where a goal is not a punctuation or an emphasis, but a relief. And I think that mentality has crept into all their mindsets. Yeah, I think so. I think you could see that even on our power play. It was, uh, you know, we made it through one. We had a chance to get on the power play and do something. And, uh, um, you know, we just uh, never really got set up. And power play was the reason we got a point last game. So, um, you know, it's a good team over there. And, uh, um, you know, on paper, they're, like I said this this morning, they're one of the best teams in the league. So, you know, you give uh, a couple goals up like that, it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, you're missing some key players for us. And uh, that's what happens. It is what happens, and it's happening consistently against every team that they play. And that's, that's to me, what is maybe most concerning about this is they aren't different losses in terms of how we've gotten there. You know, the route from point A to point B versus Edmonton versus Vancouver and versus Vegas have all been relatively similar. You fall behind early, and there's too much for the team to come back from. And I think in a lot of these games, the Sharks have been good early on in the game, especially in the first six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes, only to find themselves on the wrong way of a goal that's maybe against the grain of the game. And I, yeah, I know that's an expression I've been using, but you know, early in these games, all three of these games, it felt like the Sharks have done a good job to give themselves a chance for success, only to find themselves down early. And then that one goal has turned into two goals, and that two goals has turned into more and more of a deficit. Obviously, in the game against Vancouver, they were able to fight themselves back into the game. Of the three teams they've played at home since the break, Vancouver is the least talented team. That's no knock on Vancouver. That's just the reality when you compare them to a team that has, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and another one that has Jack Eichel, you know, Petrangelo, Marcia So. I mean, you, you go down the list. It's just, it's a very, very stark reality. That said, things change. Teams go through winning streaks. Teams go through losing streaks. Teams go through ups and downs. Right now, we are at the low points of the 2021-22 season for the San Jose Sharks. There is still time for them to turn it around, and there is ultimately no time like the present when they go into Anaheim to face the Ducks for the first time this year. That wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. Be sure to join me Tuesday afternoon on the buildup as we get you ready for that game against Anaheim. That wraps it up. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.